it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Miami Marlins Around the Horn Show with Kyle Seeloff is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. Okie dokie. Hello, good evening. I'm Kyle Seeloff. To my left is Kelly Sacco. It is Thursday, <laughs> January 6th, 6 o'clock here in Miami locally. And this is Around the Horn. Baseball is back. Kind of, sort of. We are back. We've got tons of great stuff coming your way these next eight Thursdays. Uh, a bunch of exclusive interviews. Some top Marlins prospects will sprinkle in. We'll be chatting with the manager, Don Mattingly, members of his staff, including Marcus Timms, who you'll hear from coming up shortly in case you missed our episode of Beyond the Bases a few weeks back. Um, let's see here. We're going to be chatting with other front office personnel as we head towards opening day. Now, the only caveat here, folks, is that as of right now, we don't have the opportunity to chat with any members of the Marlins 40-man roster. Uh, Major League Baseball is in an ongoing work stoppage. I'm sure you know that by now. It's the ninth in Major League history. It began on December 2nd after the owners voted unanimously to enact a lockout upon the expiration of the 2016 collective bargaining agreement between the league and the players' union. So uh, this is the first work stoppage since 94-95. It's the first lockout of the players since 1990. Uh, that's where we are at. That's why we cannot talk specifically about any players. But Kelly Sacco, but what we can do for the next hour here uh, is share some pretty cool interviews I've got lined up. We're going to have some fun. So thanks so much for hopping on tonight. It's great to see you. Happy New Year. How's everything going? Happy New Year to you. It's so wonderful being back here. As you mentioned, we are limited to what we can talk about, but it's still nice to be back here talking about something related to baseball. I'm really excited to listen to your interviews and chit-chat a little bit over the next hour. Thanks for having me, Kyle. You have a good uh, holiday break? I had a great holiday break. It's nice to come back south where it's 75 and sunny. We've got nothing to complain about. But, Kelly, it's great to see you. Uh, I'm glad everything's going well, and hopefully all these loose ends can get tied up here in short order throughout baseball, and we will get underway without empty interruption. So uh, I was going to ask you about your New Year's resolutions, which are always very important, but save those because we're going to have a little fun at the end of the show, and we're going to share our resolutions. We've got some other things lined up. That's going to be a little fun. So uh, right now, time for tonight's starting lineup on Around the Horn, presented by Nudge, the official coffee snack of the Miami Marlins and Lone Depot Park. Do the undoable. In a matter of mere moments, Kelly and I are going to release our official BBWAA Hall of Fame ballots and rightfully induct those who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame this year. Now, coming up shortly, uh, my full conversation with Marlins first-round selection last season, Khalil Watson, a terrific young hot-shot prospect shortstop, and he's going to be followed by Marlins hitting coach Marcus Timms, in case you missed that conversation. And we're going to wrap everything up tonight with a new segment called Three Strikes and You Are Out. And we're going to have a little fun with that. So, Kelly, uh, it is time to make some people angry by releasing <laughs> your class of 2022 Hall of Fame inductees. And before you do so, I Thank should goodness. say there's a growing sense that on January 25th, only maybe two players are going to be inducted. But anyways, right. the Hall of Fame class of 2022, according to Kelly Sacco, is... I wish we had special effects, like a sound effects. We had a little drum roll to just really get the people excited. But I'm just going to jump right into it. Okay, my Hall of Fame ballot, don't at me, is... 
Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Sammy Sosa, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, and Gary Sheffield. What say you, okay. Mr. Seelock? So a very controversial ballot to some, and thank you for just running down that list. I'm about to do the same thing, and then we can chat about some of these guys. Uh, I tend to love and agree with a lot of those. Uh, I, I don't care um, if you did steroids. I know that's a big thing to some people. <laughs> I don't really worry about people cheating. I think a lot of voters worry about being the moral authority on this situation, which is super weird to me, but it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Integrity last time I checked. It's uh, located in Cooperstown, New York. And for, by the way, for those that don't vote, for those that used or cheated, I'll happily hear your case if you can nail down every single player in time that cheated or did something that they weren't supposed to. And if you did that, I'm happy to leave some of these steroid guys out. But And at the same time, too, and we could talk about this for hours and hours on end. If you can sit there and tell me there's no one currently in the Hall of Fame who wasn't doing steroids. Exactly. So, but we can, that's, an, that's another topic. You can exactly. go ahead now. <laughs> Again, I agree with a lot of yours. <laughs> All right, let me digress. just run down my list here. Uh, let's go Schilling, Bonds, Clemens, Rodriguez, Ortiz, Ramirez, Sosa, Todd Helton, and the two differentiators here for me – um, as opposed to your ballot. None of them are wrong. Uh, I like Scott Rowland and Billy Wagner to get in. So, uh, Kelly, here's what we'll do. I'm going to give you the eight that we agree on. Give me your take on all eight in 15 to 30 seconds. I'll chime in here. We'll do it that way. So let's start with Kurt Schilling. All right, Kurt Schilling in his 20 years in the major leagues, a six-time all-star, three-time World Series champ, was World Series MVP. The guy was a stud. I'm trying to keep it short and sweet. We, we, we nope. could I know. really go on. We could get in a time crunch here. I agree. Schilling, Bloody Sock, 2004. <laughs> Red Sox, monster comeback. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. Again, 10th uh, and final year on the ballot. There's four of them this year. 10th and final year on the ballot. Kurt Schilling is absolutely deserving the Hall of Fame. Uh, we will see if he gets in. It is trending in the wrong direction. Barry Bonds. Another one of the four who are on their 10th and final season. Barry Bonds, a home run king, 762. He's the only member of the 500-500 club, leads in home runs and stolen bases. He was walk once, intentionally with bases loaded. Seven-time MVP, four-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glover. You, the list goes on and on. Yep, home run king, 762 home runs. Screw your head on right if he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, again, he's the greatest slugging power hitter ever to play in the game, regardless of what he did or what he didn't do. Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Next up, Roger Clemens. And that's number three on the list, a final year on the ballot. Roger Clemens, a seven-time Cy Young Award winner, two-time Triple Clout winner. I mean, he had an ERA, career ERA 3.12. 11-time All-Star, 9-time All-Time wins. I mean, nearly 5,000 innings pitch in 24 seasons. Yep. Like you mentioned, ninth in all-time wins. He won the ERA title on seven different occasions. He was an electric factory. He is one of the best starting pitchers ever. Uh, totally agree with you there. Next up, Alex Rodriguez. He was arguably one of the best offensive shortstops of all time in his 22 seasons, collected 696 home runs, three-time MVP, MVP four-time All-Star World Series champ, two-time gold glover, 10-time silver slugger. Do I need to go on? I don't think so. Nope. He was great defensively, offensively. He hit for power. He did absolutely everything. Alex Rodriguez, I agree with you there. Uh, I love this one. David Ortiz. Big Poppy. Who doesn't love Big Poppy? First time on the ballot, a 10-time All-Star. He may, you know, may very well be the best DH hitter 
ever. He hit 541 home runs over his career. Uh, the only other thing I'd throw in there is some people that say may or may not be the best DH ever. The only other comp would be Edgar Martinez, who's a Hall of Famer. Totally agree with you on David Ortiz. Uh, Manny Ramirez. 19 seasons in the big leagues. And he had 555 home runs over that time. Two-time World Series champ. He had a career batting average of 312. Very impressive. And a 12-time All-Star. Yep, he was he was so fun to watch, made the game better, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The last one that uh, we came to the conclusion we both agree on, Todd Helton. Todd Helton. So this is a guy who had a 17-year career. He's arguably should have had the MVP vote in 2005. He led the league in doubles and RBIs and batting average, slugging percentage, odd base, per, um, odd base percentage he slashed. In his career, 616, 414, and 539. And defensively, from 2000 to 2010, ranked fourth overall in defensive runs saved at first base. Yep. Todd Helton, awesome Hall of Fame player. Totally deserves to get in. I think he will one day. Uh, go ahead and give me your two that I didn't have on my ballot real quick. Okay, so this is where we differed a little bit. Andrew Jones, I think he was an incredible defender and on top of it had the power to prove it. It wasn't a big batting average guy, but hit 434 home runs over the span of his 17-year career. Fifth all-time when it comes to home runs as a center fielder. Had an amazing career with the Atlanta Braves. He's one that I've got that you don't. And your other? My other is Marlins fans will know his name well, Gary Sheffield. This is his eighth year on the ballot. He played 22 years in the big leagues. For 14 of those 22 years, he posted a slash line of 304, 411, and 551. From 1992 to 2005, this is something that really stood out to me. To 2005, he was ranked fourth best among all hitters, only behind Barry Bonds, Frank Thomas, and Manny Ramirez. So Jones and Sheffield, I did not have on my ballot. I actually love both picks. Andrew Jones, growing up, watching him at the National League East, the way he patrolled center field in Atlanta, just an unbelievable center fielder. He was yeah, I, 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 I don't think there's much of an argument. Um, I do think that he's going to have a really good chance one day. Uh, I think he may very well be a Hall of Fame player. I think Gary Sheffield's right there. we got about two minutes here. The two I had you didn't have, uh, and again, the writers are only allowed to take ten writers. <laughs> writers like us. Uh, Scott Rowland and Billy Wagner. To me, Scott Rowland absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. 17 seasons, a seven-time All-Star. Hit 281 in his career. He was the Rookie of the Year. He's a Hall of Fame player. He put together his entire career. An unbelievable defender. Won eight gold gloves. The other one, this one's been controversial for a couple of years now. I think Billy Wagner deserves a place in Cooperstown. 422 career saves. He's the second highest among left-handed relievers, sixth overall, 16 seasons. Uh, so you have the longevity, 853 career appearances, a seven-time All-Star. He was a lights-out closer for multiple teams. I think Billy Wagner and Scott Rowland will one day get in the Hall of Fame. We are at 610. That was a very quick segment. That's a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to hang out with us on Twitter, uh, if you've got anything to say, again, I won't hear you out about the steroid thing. I think they all deserve to be in. I I repeat, it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Integrity. I think these guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. They made the game of Major League Baseball, in my opinion, better when they were playing. So, Kelly, any kind of parting thoughts after our very controversial Hall of Fame ballots? Well, I agree with you on that point. Like I mentioned before, if you can tell me that every single person in the Hall of Fame right now is completely clean, never tried steroids, was PED-free, 
then you have a better argument. But they don't. There are plenty of names. We're not going to go down that list. We are in a time crunch right now, but there are plenty of names in the Hall of Fame right now who have been linked to PEDs. Very good. So my Hall of Fame ballot, Kelly's Hall of Fame ballot, each of us have 10. They are going to Cooperstown in 2022. When we return, our full and extended conversation with Marlins prospect, a hot shot shortstop prospect, Khalil Watson. You're listening to Around the Horn on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 AM Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Marlins offseason is underway. Around the Horn is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Welcome back to Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Good to be back with you. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Kelly Sacco is joining us tonight for our debut episode of 2022. And just to let you know, we've got eight shows lined up, seven after tonight, the next seven Thursdays, 6 o'clock. And if you miss anything at all, we're going to flip all these around tonight into a podcast for you tomorrow morning. So uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, um, just search Miami Marlins, find us there. Podcasts will be available for you, maybe late tonight, uh, but more than likely it'll always be available for you the next morning. In case you missed it over the holidays, we're rolling out some really cool prospect spotlight pieces. Two of them have been released, the first with Khalil Watts and the second with Victor Mesa Jr. There's some more to all of those conversations, so we're going to use this time on Thursdays to share with you the entire conversation. So first up is the Marlins' top selection in last year's draft, 18-year-old shortstop Khalil Watson. Uh, Khalil Watson, uh, we talked with you a couple of months ago after the Marlins drafted you 16th overall. This is maybe a little tougher out of the gates. Mm-hmm. Will you always remember the 15 teams that passed on you in front of you? Yes, definitely. Because uh, going into it, I thought I was going to be like at least top 10. And then you get there and you be in a draft and you like, things don't go out as you plan. So... When you go into the draft, it's like, okay, you're going to wait for your phone call, and then you got to have this plan where, okay, I'm set on this and that. And at the same time, you got to have that in your back of your head. And moving forward, you still got to, you know, say yes or no, right. make up your mind quick. But, like, as soon as you make your decision, it's not always guaranteed sure. after the effect, and you got to go through the long process. But... Yeah, I would definitely remember all 15 teams that passed down on me. I, I would say if you're drafted in the first round in general, there's a lot of mm-hmm. money attached there. Yeah. There are big decisions that need to be made. Was there a sigh of relief for you when it was all over and it was just baseball again? And you're yeah. inju- or, or were you happy when it was all over? Uh, for me, yes, I was happy that it was all over because it's like the beginning. Right. Uh, the first round, I got picked in first round, 16th overall. That's just the beginning. I wasn't in it for the money or anything. I was just trying to get out there and just play baseball, you know, right. and then start my season, my career off early and get into it and have a long it takes me, like two to three years. By the time I'd be out of college, if I went the college right. route, I'd be starting my process like three or four years from now right. and then take two or 
three more years and I'll be old. So I took how I could. You say two to three years and whatever it ends up being, right? But yeah. are, are you a goal setter? Do you say, hey, in three years from now, I'm going to be in Miami or are you... I'm, I'm going to get myself out of Jupiter. I'm going to go to Beloit, Beloit, or how do, how do you kind of see all that? Uh, with me, I got a setup where, okay, like, I know that I can go into low A and then play at Beloit and then go somewhere else and Pensacola and stuff like that. Right. I know I can get through there, but for me, I'm just trying to take it one game at a time so that when I do turn up, get some knocks, hit some home runs, it start there, and then after about six games or so, I can go to a different facility and start playing sure. there and then. So it'll be like that going forward. That's how I got it set. And I think that I'll be in the big leagues in two to three years. I think you went to Jupiter and played nine or 10 games or whatever. Um, what was that experience like? I mean, it was your first mm. crack at professional baseball. Was it different, confident, overwhelming? What mm. were the emotions? Uh, when you first go in there, it's like, you go up in there, you gotta do the same work that everybody else doing. Right. Everybody else doing it is up in there doing the same thing you're doing. They probably be better than you, and that's how you gotta play it off. They put in the work, you gotta put in the work. When you see them slacking, you gotta come behind them and then fix it. And it's all of those things come into play, but like, as soon as I, uh, because I remember my first AB, I went up there, first pitch, I looked at it, I looked, and then the next thing you know, I'm like, hold up, hold up. This is a little too fast, so I had to make some adjustments. Then after that, after the adjustments making, everything just became quick and it came back. And, and even in nine games, it slowed down a little bit then? Yeah, it just kept slowing down. And then I was like, okay, I'm in the roll of things. And then I look on Twitter, I see the hidden streak going. Right. So when I'm looking at that stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let the streak in. So I just kept going and kept getting knocks. Were you surprised how quick it was? Uh, nah, not really, because me growing up, I'm always been humble and always, like, as soon as I got in it, nothing changes. Right. It's still the same baseball. It's still throwing the same way everybody else, but it just might come in faster. But when you play the game too fast, that's when you, like, start to mess up. But if you take it slow and then go to fast, it's fine. What drives you? What drives me? Yeah. Just getting out there on the field every day and playing baseball. Yeah. Knowing that I'm good at it and I'm talented. You know, I think I think it probably at times it can be hard to talk about yourself without like sounding like arrogant or cocky. But mm. when you play professional baseball, and you tell me if I'm wrong, you've got to take the mindset that you're the best guy in the field mm -hmm. at all times. Or else at some point the rubber's gonna meet the road and you're not gonna get out of double A. You're not yeah. gonna get out of like do you take that mentality? Yes, definitely. Because you see everybody else, they doing the same work you put in. They here, right. they got here off their talent, but now you just got to put in the work and it's just work hard. Yeah. Who, uh, who's who been like somebody you've really looked up to? Whether it's a family member, another mm -hmm. player, but somebody that's really been there for you every step of the way. Yeah, um, I definitely say my parents because they check up on me every day, making sure yeah. I'm doing what I need to do. Uh, yeah, it's mainly just my parents and then the coaches here just helping me and guide me through the correct way of a little bit of maturity and just coming straight out of high school and the coaches just helping me get on my feet and just telling me what I need to do better and what I need to look out for going in and ahead in my future. I say that's a big difference and I guess oh, yeah. you'll, you'll never know this, but going out of high school, you could have gone to any Division One school in the yeah. country and played baseball. 
and you get there and they're going to tell you when you're going to eat every day, when you're going to lift weights, mm -hmm. what time practice is. But all of a sudden you got a bunch of money in your pocket and you're going to play professional baseball, yeah. but nobody within reason is helping you make your bed in the morning and telling you what yeah. time you need to be up. Do you like that part of it? Or was that kind of a shock kind of being away from home for the first time and like, mm -hmm. I got to grow up in a hurry because this is all me from here on forward. As soon as I signed and as soon as I made the decision that I, I'm playing professional baseball, I already knew that early work, every day grinding baseball, every day uh, practice, every day game after practice, every morning, just getting your body into the fit of things and just mm -hmm. playing 24-7. I just knew after this, after half school season, it was baseball every day, right. every day. Is there somebody you'd love to meet that plays the game now that you kind of model your game after? Or you just love watching X player play now? I like watching uh, Wander Franco, uh, <laughs> Bryce Harper, everybody that's a lefty and got the similar swing to me. And I look at them, I correct some things from them. Do you? Yeah. Anybody in particular that you've ever had a chance to meet and pick their brain? I don't know if it's working out with them in the offseason mm -hmm. or any big league ball player of that nature. Yeah, it's some guys from minor league that just yeah. got drafted like last year from state. And then, you know, one person, Will Wilson, and he's back home with me. So we do off-season stuff together, and I pick his brain about the facility he had and the organization he would. So it's a win-win. When I go back home, yeah. I get to pick a whole lot of brains. And then, of course, Derek Jeter. I get to pick his brain while I'm here. As well. What was that like the first time? Yeah, the that first happened. time, uh, it was it was just shock, and it was like nerve running through my body of just asking questions to him. But at the same time, all the questions that you need to ask, he know them. Right. What kind of mark do you want to leave? I mean, do you do you think about this is how everybody's going to remember Khalil Watts in mm -hmm. ten years, fifteen, twenty years from now when this is all said and done? For me, I love to just leave a mark that I was just a hard worker. Everything I did was my 100 and my best. Um, but other than that, off the field, great kid to be with. Uh, everybody loved me. They enjoyed me. They laugh and stuff like that. But other than that, on the baseball side of things, just a hard worker. You've probably for five, ten years now been the best player wherever you've been. But when you get drafted, you know, at, at some point, and we probably already had, you got the autographs, the pictures. Oh, that's Khalil Watson. People yeah. five years ago wouldn't have recognized you. Do you like that part? Is it weird that like, what, you want to take a picture of me? Or like, do you, do you yeah. like that part of all? Uh, me, yeah, because it, it makes you, it makes you sit back and think like, you really impact different people out here that you don't know that you impact. Because I get texts on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and they'd be like, okay, um, hey, Khalil, um, I play baseball or so, and I just need help on running fast, or what can I get out of you to like become a better baseball player? And I always text them back, and I'd be like, okay, you can do this and that. Really, that's awesome. Be fine. Yeah. Um, your parents have always been there for you. Do you, Trying to figure out how I want to ask. Like, do you play for them? Like, are are you determined to make it to the major leagues for yourself more, or all the people that have been there for you your whole life, carting you around mm. to practices? Like, what what do you play for? I play for everybody that had an impact in my life. Yeah, my parents, my grandma, um, my family, 
period. And represent the last name because everybody else in my family didn't have the shot that I had. So each time I step on the field, I give them all I got. And I, my grandma, my two grandmas that passed away about a couple years ago, I play for them too because they never seen me play baseball like that. So I play for them. How often do you think about the moment that they're going to get a chance to watch you in the big leagues for the first time? Or do you try not to? I try not to think about it for right now because I know I got to go through this process to get there. So right. right now I'm just trying to do my thing so I can get there. And when that dude come, they'll be watching from up above. And then my mom and them will be watching from the stands. So it'll be a win-win. Now don't lie to me. Have you played with Khalil Watson on MLB The Show? No. No, you haven't. Mm -mm. Well, yeah, are you a video I game? Can't even get, I can't even find it. I don't know. If they I don't even think they have it up there, but I can get. I think I can get one like for myself. Oh, you can. Yeah, and just play with them for myself. But anybody else, they can't. If you weren't a superb baseball player, Khalil Watson, what, nineteen years old now. What do you know? Eighteen. Eighteen. Still. Eighteen, and, still, a half. 18 and a half. You'd, you'd be doing what in life? Uh, was there ever a plan B? A plan B was. Probably still go to college or after high school, just start working with my dad because he got a company with CDL truckings and stuff like that. So he got his own company and he drive trucks and he go up Northeast. Since we from North Carolina, he'll stay up Northeast. And then first he'll go down with probably Georgia or so. Did you ride with him when you were younger? Did yeah, he take you around? Definitely. Like I, I think I started probably when I was about sixth grade. And he was driving, and then last time I got up in there, and we got in the wreck. And then I was up in the bump bed because he had a bump bed in the back, and I was up on top. So I was asleep, and we was on the way to New Jersey, and he went on a turnpike in New Jersey. And next thing you know, truck fell over. Truck fell over? Yeah. Well, how long ago was this, Khalil? This is at least about six years ago. Well, that was traumatizing, but... Yeah. Riding with your dad growing up, those probably memories you'll never forget. Oh yeah, definitely because you. Uh, there's been plenty of times where I said, "Dad, I got to use the bathroom. Can you pull over? I can't pull over, son. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find a water bottle or something. You got to piss in it." <laughs> uh, if you went to college, what would you have studied? Uh, sports management. Yeah. Yeah. Be an agent or something. Yeah, agent or a coach or anything like that. Something dealing with baseball. Yeah. Uh, Khalil, you're your own boss now, but uh, it's been fun to catch up, man. Best of luck yes, to you. Sir. I'm sure we're going to see you in, in Jupiter in a, in a couple of months, but um, have a great off season. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll chat with you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. That is the five foot nine, 178 pound sweet singing, sweet swinging from the left side shortstop, Khalil Watson. Grab a water bottle, son, because we ain't <laughs> stopping, as Dad says. That's uh, That was so funny. That's that's oh, a really goodness. good young man. That was a fun conversation for me to have. Uh, and if you care about this kind of thing, you nine games in the Florida Coast League, uh, or the Complex League, I'm sorry, uh, hit, hit nearly 433 at-bats last summer. So um, a lot to look forward to, I think. Very confident young man, Kelly. And even though that's a small sample size, you got to love what you hear from Watson. Only 18 years old, and it's just so impressive the way that he speaks, the maturity at such a young age, and the confidence that he has. And you got to have confidence in the game of baseball. That's half the battle. I loved when you asked him, 
what he wants to be remembered by. And he said, as a hard worker, that goes to show you, those are the tools for guys to to succeed in this lead. And it's been really exciting to watch him continue to develop and to grow this season. Yep, he's just one of those young pieces that they hope fits into a puzzle that comes together really nicely, not too distant down the road. So that was Marlon's shortstop and prospect Khalil Watson. Kevin up on the other side of the break. Another conversation in case you missed it. This one with the new Marlon hitting coach Marcus Timms. More around the horn right after this on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Miami Marlins Around the Horn Show with Kyle Seeloff is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Welcome back to Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app with you every Thursday moving forward through the month of February. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Kelly Sacco joins us tonight as well. Our very controversial Hall of Fame ballots have been released. You may have an opinion, uh, but guess what? Ours are correct ones. So uh, We've checked in with Khalil Watson. It's time now to pay a visit to New Marlins hitting coach Marcus Timms. Okay, we are joined now by Marlins hitting coach Marcus Timms, who joins the organization after a 10-year big league playing career and what will soon be his 10th season coaching post-playing. So, Marcus, thank you for joining us, and I guess I'll just start by asking you how excited you are to take on this new challenge in Miami. Um, I'm really excited. Um, got a lot of got a ton of talent there. Um, I've been, been looking forward to it once I got the job and starting to dive in and watching videos and stuff like that, and I'm um, proud Prior to the shutdown, I was able to connect with a couple of the guys, so I'm really excited to get going. How natural um, did the fit feel for you, given your familiarity with so many people you knew previously with the New York Yankees organization? It's, it's great. Um, those guys, a lot of guys in the organization, they know me and I know them, and there's a lot of trust there. And, and um, But at the same time, we still want to win. And and that's that's the that's the intriguing part for me. I know those guys, they want to win, and have a lot of, have, we have a lot of time. We have tons of talent. Here in Miami now. There are um, coaching changes throughout 30 franchises every offseason. And uh, whenever you hear somebody new entering an organization, I always feel like they say it's time to hit the ground running. And we hear people say it's time to get to work. You're the hitting coach of a major league baseball team. You don't have a ton of experience with a lot of these guys. Uh, how do you in this position start that? Where do you hit the ground running? First of all, for me, I'm always trying to get to know my players. I'm trying to get to understand them and know who they are and get them to, to understand who I am and what I'm all about. So that's, that's the first thing for me, um, getting to know the players and, 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 and trying to get that relationship start building up. How do you build trust and get guys to buy into your philosophy? Just getting guys to know it's not about me. I don't have an ego. It's all about, about the player when it comes to me on the hitting side of things. And then we try to mesh everything together so we can um, – create a great culture around the, the ballpark. How does that, is that, does that start in spring training? I mean, look, uh, non-roster invitees, there's 50, there's 60 guys, guys are trying to get their work in every day. Uh, do you really try to just get to sit down, talk to them on the phone in person to get to know them as human beings so you can develop some of that trust? I feel like that's the best way to do it. 
Um, I, I've always learned like getting the, getting those guys ears, man, and, and just trying to get a feel for who they are. And, and it starts in the offseason. I mean, you can't wait until spring training starts because, like you said, there's a lot of things going on. So um, you try to do that in the, in the wintertime. Marcus Timms, Marlins hitting coach, joining us on this episode of Beyond the Bases. Good to have you with us here. Uh, Marcus, whether you were a freshman in high school, and I always think about this, you're 13, 14 years older. You've been in the t- big leagues for 10 years, and you've made $200 bucks, and your pockets are a little heavier. What's the key at every level to hitting the baseball that never changes? Being consistent. you got to be consistent. you got to be consistent with the barrel of the baseball, and, and, and you got to swing at strikes no matter where you're at. T-ball, little league, high school, <laughs> you got to swing at strikes. If you don't swing at strikes, it's going to be a rough go for you. I know I ask you about building trust and getting guys to buy into your approach and your philosophy, and every single hitter in Major League Baseball is different. Everybody does something a little bit differently, but there's obviously some things that are consistent. Can you share with us, I guess within reason, what your philosophy is when it comes to hitting? Because I'm sure there's a bunch of different approaches. <laughs> Number one for me, it's going to be just you know making sure our guys know what they do well. Um, I feel like sometimes knowing what area you, you, you hit the ball well at and um, really trying to get those guys to buy into that. And then just overall, just the team effort. You know, sometimes I know it gets picked apart, but I feel like if, if everybody's pulling a rope in the same direction with the 13 hitters that we have, good things can happen. So that's what I want to get done. I would say during your playing days, uh, you were a feared slugger, Marcus. I mean, you hit a home run every nearly every 16 at bats. You still hold the Tigers' record for average at bats per home run. I think um, I was I was looking at this. I think you were way ahead of your time in terms of launch angle and exit velocity. I think back then they just call it smashing the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, but 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 what was it that made you such a good power hitter when you were playing? For me, I was just trying to make sure I got a pitch and hit it hard. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm 6'2", 225 pounds. I mean, I can get it barreled up pretty good. Um, it would go. But I wasn't trying to hit home runs. Um, I know that's people look at my baseball card and it's like, oh, he's a big slugger. For me, I was a role guy. I played, you know, I played three to four times a week, maybe. And, and I was trying to do whatever I could to help the team. And that's, that was my job. I say launch angle. I say exit velocity. I, I say some of it in jest, I suppose. Um, where do you sit with all the metrics and analytics, especially offensively in today's game? I mean, a guy could get a binder with 100 different things, and I'm sure they could yeah. look at it. To me, that would seem extremely overwhelming. But there's obviously a purpose for this stuff. People utilize it. But where do you sit with analytics and good old-fashioned baseball and approaching that thing and hitting it? For me, it's all about meshing everything together. You know, the analytics, it's a huge part of the game. And so we have to be able to use that and also use what we know as our experience and stuff like that. And I think when you mesh it together, good things can happen. So um, we're going to use everything we can to make sure our players are in a good position to succeed. I would say since the beginning of time, uh, we've been hold your head, we've been told that you're headed to the Hall of Fame at Cooperstown if you're successful 30% of the time. Uh, baseball is a game of failure. It's a game that's getting bigger, faster, and stronger. I think if you combine all that, it's getting a lot tougher to play. Um, there's always going to be things that you can work on with guys physically throughout the course of seven, eight months. How much of your time is spent on the mental side with these guys, though? A lot. A lot. Um, I'll make sure I use our mental conditioning coach that we have have on staff. And uh, because sometimes, you know, you can get, bring a guy to the cage and you're sitting there, you're worried about his swing and this and that, and his mind is somewhere else. So, so for me, um, the mental side of the game is really, really important. And um, that's that's one of my one of my big, big assets that I bring to the table also, because I love getting inside a guy's head just to figure out what's going on with him. 
And I think about that, and I'm thinking, okay, in the National League East, it's pretty daunting. Uh, the Mets have got a great staff. Atlanta's coming off the World Series. I, I know this is not cookie cutter for every guy, but if there's a guy that's struggling, and sometimes guys, really good professional hitters, can struggle for a couple of weeks, generally what what is the message just to try to help a guy, just to help him try to get through it? Because it's not easy going out there and trying to hit 98-mile-an-hour fastball four times every single night when you're not going good. Just, just let them know how good they are. Just let them know, like, hey, you, you have a track record. You're going through a funk right now. But my job is to try to make sure we get out of that funk as quick as possible. So for me, just keep giving them that confidence that they need because I've been a player too. And sometimes <laughs> we always say it sucks to suck sometimes. You know? So you got you to gotta try to keep them positive, man, and let them know that they, they belong and that, you know, they have that uniform on for a reason. Marlon City coach Marcus Timms joining us on this episode of Beyond the Bases. Marcus, what did you learn about the game playing with Derek Jeter when you were with the New York Yankees organization? Um, he was consistent every single day. Um, he had a routine, and he went by that routine every single day, um, and, and that's what I learned from him. He was a consistent. He was a pro. Every single day he brought it, every single day. And, uh, you know, my locker was down from his. I always tried to watch what he was doing just to see if he was going to come off his routine, and he never did. So um, he, was, he was an ultimate professional. Uh, Marcus, uh, outside of baseball, you got the Titleist hat on. How's the golf game? Terrible. Oh. I don't even know why. I don't even know why I'm wearing it right now. Uh, uh, I, I'm not that good. I go out. I'm, I try not to lose two boxes of balls, but uh, I'm not that good though. <laughs> uh, growing up in Mississippi, I'm, I'm always curious who got you into the game of baseball, a sport that you love, and why did you ultimately decide to pursue it as your career that's continuing now for over two, three decades of playing the sport. Just family, my family. My, my uncles played in like a little semi-pro league back home. My brother played in college. Um, we always, we played our, every single sport that we could possibly play. And, um, and, and baseball just, it just fell in my lap a little bit. And I, I kept working hard at it and, and I was able to have some success in it. What were, uh, and what are, I guess, some of your passions outside of baseball? If Marcus Timms wasn't playing baseball, wasn't coaching baseball, he'd be doing what? I, I love kids, so I'll be doing something in the school system, coaching kids, doing something. So I'll please always wanted to be in, in one sport or the other, but, um, but being around kids and helping them um, fulfill their dreams. Is that, I guess, kind of what drives you today? I mean, I, I mean, you say kids, and I know that's like, you know, maybe the 10 to 15-year-old range, but a lot of these young kids that are 18, 19 years old in big league camps now, and you've been around the game a long time, is that where a lot of that passion comes from, is just trying to watch a young man grow, get better, and ultimately develop into a great Major League Baseball player? Yes, and it's come from my mentors that I've watched and that, that helped me throughout my career, too, just watching how they handled me as a young man. And um, that's all I want to do with the younger players when they come in through. It doesn't matter if they're in A-ball, double-A, or triple-A. Even when I was in New York, I would have those guys at my house and talk to them, cook out for them, just try to get to know them and, and try to let them know that, hey, I'm here for you, too. It's not just because I'm the major league hitting coach. I just love helping people um, be better in this game. Who are some of your mentors? Um, Jim Leland was one, Mark Newman, who's passed away. Um, um, yeah, there's time. Gary Dembo, who's um, over at Miley Development in, in Miami now. Um, he had a huge impact on my life, too. But um, just a lot of guys that I came through um, as a young man playing the game of baseball when I got to professional ranks. I think it's probably unfair to ask, but has there been a biggest piece of advice you've gotten from somebody growing up, whether it was a mentor, a coach, that you still, there's still a line or two lines that you continue to pass down today? Be a good listener. Mm -hmm. Always be a good listener. For me, I, I will always be a good listener. I want to hear what whoever I'm talking to, I want to get to hear them first. And I think I know it all, you know, so I want to make sure that, that I'm listening to what the player is saying or, or whoever it is. It's an administrator. I'm, I'm a good listener, and then I try to, 
try to go about my things after that. That's outstanding. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. We'll see you in just a few short months up in Jupiter. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, man. All right, that's new Marlins hitting coach Marcus Timms and Kelly Sacco. He has some work to do, obviously. This is a ball club in 2021. Uh, amongst nationally, 15 national league teams, they ranked 14th in runs, scored 14th in hits, 14th in doubles, 8th in triples, 13th in long balls. Um, they were dead last in walks. They had found a way to run the bases really well. They stole a bunch of bases in that regard, um, but 14th in strikeouts, 14th in batting average, 15th in on-base percentage. A lot of work to do. There's a lot of high hopes, but nonetheless, a lot of work to do. And he's already behind the eight ball in the sense with this lockout. He can't contact the players that are going to be on his team and start to develop those relationships that he spoke to you about being so important between a coach and a player to help them develop and get the best out of them possible. So that's really unfortunate. Just one of the, the many unfortunate things that come as a result of the lockout. So he's, he's definitely got some work to do. And mind you, the Marlins did make some moves before Everyone got locked out, but they still have some moves to make after. Very good. All righty, one final break. When we return tonight, it's time for three strikes and you're out. Out around the horn right here on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Marlins offseason is underway. Around the Horn is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. All right, back here on Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Good to have you with us on a Thursday night, 2022 debut tonight of Around the Horn. Hopefully you'll hang out on Thursdays at 6 o'clock moving forward right through the month of February. Uh, if you can't tune in for the live show, tomorrow morning head to wherever it is. You listen to your podcast. Hopefully you're already subscribed. Uh, if you're not, search Miami Marlins. Find our podcast. Rate and subscribe. The show's going to be there in its entirety for you. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun over the course of these next couple of months. You heard from Khalil Watson. Uh, if you haven't yet seen Victor Mesa Jr.'s interview I did with him, we have got six more of those with Marlins prospects. They were all at Lone Depot Park for a prospect camp, I don't know, probably a month and a half ago now. Had an opportunity to sit down with eight guys, a lot of fun. We're going to roll those out every single week on this show at 6 o'clock. Before we beat it and get on out of here tonight, it's time now for Three Strikes and You're Out, brought to you by Loop. Baseball cards don't have it offseason. Check out the number one sports card app at loop.cards. That's loop with an E, L-O-U-P-E dot cards, loop.cards. Okay, Kelly, here we go. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'll say strike one, uh, strike two, strike three. Okay. I'm going to give you a topic. You give us an answer. Are you ready? I am. Here we go. Three strikes and you're out. Strike one. Your New Year's resolution is? Ooh, okay. My New Year's resolution is to not spend so much time on social media. I mean, I'm not a big social media person to begin with. Not like you, Kyle. I know you've got uh, Twitter fingers there. Yeah, I'm an internet troll. <laughs> He's an internet 
control, you know, at, at least, you know, I'm not so big on the Twitter, not, a little bit more on the Instagram, but ah, I just realized I spend so much time scrolling with that time. I can be doing so many other things. There you go. So that's my thing. Be in the present. What about you? Okay. Um, I'm going to say it really sucked not being on the road the last couple of years. The All indications are that we'll be back on the road with the team in 2022 if we are. I want to make it a point. Go somewhere new. Every city we visit, I haven't been to previously. Ooh, so I that's think a good that'll one. be something that I'll put on my docket that I'll try to get to. Strike number two. Your favorite thing you saw recently in the Marlins archive room, if you missed it, go check out the Marlins TikTok or Instagram page. It was probably a minute, a minute and a half long. They uh, discovered a room, I suppose, at Lone Depot Park where there was a bunch of Marlins archive material. Super cool stuff. Check it out. Marlins TikTok. TikTok excuse me, or the Marlins Instagram. So strike two, Kelly, your favorite uh, thing you saw on that. This one's tough. There are a lot of great things on there, but I'll have to go with a very final clip. This is spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen it, the photo of Hanley Ramirez hitting at an unfinished Lone Depot park. When everything was still under construction, I just thought that was just an incredible photo. What about you? There were some bases on there. There were tickets. 2003 World Series tickets. There was um, a Marlin. There were some signed bats. The big boot with the the, old Florida Marlin logo. That was from an all-star game not long ago in Arlington, maybe. I guess It's got to be Texas. It's a boot, right? I think it was Texas. I'm going to go with... The drawing of Billy the Marlin, and then they pulled the drawing away, and then you saw the first rendering Aww. of Billy all those years ago. I that, assume that was 93. Yeah, I assume it was 93. Yeah, Billy found a freaking treadmill since 93. <laughs> um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. Okay, uh, here we go. Strike three. All right. What's your go-to snack? Ooh, I was on a podcast not too long ago with some students from, ooh, I want to say it was USF maybe, or University of North Florida anyway, and I got a lot of heat for this. So in addition to cheese and crackers, I also like to make my own kale chips. I really enjoy kale chips. I think they're good. I spice it up a little bit. Very nice. <laughs> Enjoy it. Okay, so it's a kale good light, chips. you know, light snack after okay. a game at midnight or whenever we come home. Very healthy. How about you? Uh, I'm going to give you two baked Cheez-Its. I love the originals, but the baked ones that have a little burnt flavor are fantastic. And I'm a real sucker for ice cream, vanilla bean or regular vanilla ice cream. The Cold Stone guy? I'm a no, big Cold Stone girl. I am not. I think that's... <gasps> I, it's what? fine. I just the gold medal to me is vanilla bean or vanilla ice cream. I think you're well, an ad, I think you're an adolescent if you start adding too much stuff <laughs> on top of all your ice cream. That, that, that describes me perfectly. Very good. So I guess you'll be headed to Cold Stone when right you after are done this. in about thirty seconds. So Kelly Sacco, it's great to see you. Happy New Year. Good to see you. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, maybe we'll do it again soon, and let's hope that this lockout, all the issues get resolved, and uh, we'll get underway without a hitch in 2022. Fingers crossed. Kyle, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. So outstanding job, Kelly Sacco. Thanks a bunch. This was a lot of fun. Uh, That's all the time we've got for you tonight. For Ricardo Wanche, back home at the 940 uh, Fox Sports Miami studio, and Kelly Sacco. I'm Kyle Seeloff saying so long and good night. I'll be back with you next Thursday on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 Miami, and right here with the iHeartRadio app.